Hey there, welcome to A Woman's Sacred Truth, a podcast where we are going to explore some uncomfortable and often even painful experiences, but also the joy and satisfaction that comes from moving beyond what has hurt us as we reach new levels in our life, which feels like, honestly, the best thing ever. Welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here and tuning into these beautiful episodes, listening to these stories from women that it just, you know, it really cracks my heart open. And today is no different. You're going to be meeting Lydia, my American soul sister. (laughs) And I wanted to, I wanted you to hear her story because it's an amazing one for sure. And that a lot of women can relate to. So essentially with Lydia, you know, she had a very wounded masculine relationship. So she went through some very hard, very painful things at the hands of men. And then also even something that she went through with losing her own son. And so there's this thread here that eventually took her to a place of reconnecting, finding love with the Heavenly Father. And this has been her journey and it is so beautiful. I mean, it started out pretty ugly, lots of anger, lots of frustration, lots of pain, lots of trauma, but has brought her to the most beautiful place, (laughs) the most beautiful place. So I can't wait for you to hear. And please, you've got to listen right to the end to hear the way she responds to the three beautiful questions that I asked at, at the end, because the last one, oh, I mean, full goosebumps. Yeah, it's that good. So enjoy. Here's Lydia. Today, we get the pleasure of meeting Lydia, who actually, which is cool actually, because Lydia and I haven't spoke in, like we haven't had a, a chat or anything in like, I think it was December of last year, actually. Those are, that's what I've got written down. I know we had a little text in the spring at some point over something very surprising, which we're going to share about, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited to chat with you and be able to facilitate this sharing of your story, Lydia, because it's incredible. (laughs) And what I love most about you is that you have always been so open and forthright and, and never shy or felt any shame around sharing like openly with whoever has wanted to listen. And so that right there has just been so healing. So if you would like to just, you know, very briefly be on your name and country and any other little detail that you feel, you know, if you're a mom or kids or this or that, just so whoever's listening can get a, you know, a little snapshot of who you are and where you are so that they can kind of understand where you're coming from. And then we'll, um, we'll start to share. Hi, everyone. My name is Lydia. I am a 52-year-old wife, mother, grandmother, nurse, friend, and uh, I started this journey with Mian almost three years ago, and I am still a work in progress. I think I'll always be a work in progress, and I'm happy to be here and hope that something I may say will inspire somebody else to initiate that change. So thank you for having me, Mian. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, because when we first met, I've got it written down. You were one month alcohol free, but you were very 
aware. <laughs> you were very aware of some of the things that you were running from dealing with all, you know, the, the kind of that inner storm might be a nice way to describe it for you. And you were a nurse. And so you were very aware, right, of your physical and mental and all of that, like, mm -hmm. and you're a caregiver and a mom and all these things. And yet here you are really struggling, right? So that was, um, it felt a little bit almost scary when, when I first met you, like you had been in a few situations that it was like, you knew, like, this is the end of the line for me. I'm I'm going to deal with this storm, with this darkness, with all the things, right? And we started chatting and it was, yeah, it was traumatic, right? Some of the things. So, and like I said, you knew about the PTSD, right? So you were very aware of that. Do you want to kind of start to share? I mean, we can start to share right where we first met and what, what had happened, that story. And I know you've told this a few times to people, but I, I would love to kind of hear that moment for you when you're like, that's it. I woke up the next day and knew that I had to really dig in for real and deal with all that stuff from your past, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> the car, the car. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yes. So I was never an everyday drinker. I always considered myself like, I guess you may say like a binge drinker. Um, there were several times a year that I would go out with certain people and mm. not have an off switch. So the last day I drank I was out with a friend for brunch and brunch led to lunch and lunch, you know, ran into almost dinner and um, we had had far too much to drink to drive. Um, but I got in my car and I drove and I don't remember driving, but, um, I had life 360, uh, for our whole family and the town I live in and in the area I live in, there's a river and a very narrow road. And I saw that I had been, you know, far exceeding the speed limit and came home. My husband was furious with me, of course. And I, proceeded to get upset and then became, you know, angry and uh, crying and basically saying I wanted to die um, and going to bed, not really remembering everything, but remembering being upset and then waking up and seeing the Life 360 with the alert and the next morning feeling awful and realizing, I, you know, at my age, this is not what I want to keep doing. And I scared myself um, tremendously. And I just prayed and prayed that God would make it so I never wanted to have another drink of wine again. Wine was the only drink I drank. I didn't drink anything else. Yeah. And super common, right? That kind of weekend binging. And it wasn't every party, but it was just enough where I, I think I said to you, Mian, and, and to the different calls we would be on that I felt like I was playing Russian roulette. Like, was I going to have a good night or was I going to have a bad night? Like, and yeah. because of the underlying trauma and all of that, if I had too much to drink, I never knew if it was going to rear its ugly head or not and right. change my personality. And I just yeah. want to do And we you had finally reached a point in your late forties there knowing like I've been running from this darkness, this anger and what we ended up even like you called it the monster. Mm -hmm. 
it was like this and, and yeah. And so you never know when you then decide to have, well, is it even a decision when we have too much? I guess on one level it is, but yeah, we don't know if that darkness and all of that um, is going to come back out and rear its ugly head because you've been running from it for so long, right? Not wanting to really face it and look at it. And and what's the, what did you say? What's that medical 360 thing? I didn't understand what that was. Oh, uh, Life 360. It's an app where you can, ch- you know, watch if you have kids driving and oh, or they drive okay. So we are also on it, my husband. Oh. And it gives like accident or anything it tells if you've exceeded the speed limit or hard braked or oh wow interesting okay wow so you can literally see everyone's driving and everything i didn't know about that thing but okay i have not heard of that so so then you could see just what kind of state you were in yeah got it and plus you had a lack of memory around it all so yeah that's okay so there you were you dug in and you got yourself a month alcohol free, which is wonderful. And yeah, and just to point out for people listening, like this is the most common thing in the world that, you know, we're, we're working our jobs, we're raising our children, married, got the home, everything like that on the one level looks really good. And yet we're having these little episodes where we binge. (laughs) It's like, well, where is that fitting in with all this? What's really going on then? If you're binging, I promise you at that stage of the game, like you're not 21 having a little college bingey with friends, right? It's like, no, no, no. Right. So if you're still binging at that stage of your life, there's 100% trauma behind it that's directing that, that you are, that's just asking to come out and to be seen and to be figured out and unraveled and healed and loved. And so that's what you did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And so starting with um, just becoming alcohol free. So then the clarity comes in, then we can actually feel and see and actually do the work. And so this is what we really dove into. And so Mm -hmm. very quickly, like I said, you know, you knew a big part of what was really, you know, underneath all this. It wasn't like a, wasn't hard to, to see it and know. And so, so let's talk about some of your childhood and, and, you know, we can start with dad because we know that that it was a considerable, you know, father wound that you received Mm -hmm. because of the way that your dad parented you. I guess that's one way of saying it. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. would you like to just share a little bit around your experience just growing up with having a father like that and what was he really like and, and, you know, and share where he is now? But yeah, what, and and just to reflect back even now on it is is interesting, right? Because we're, you know, you're a few years beyond, and I know you've come to a lot of peace around a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So my dad, I feel, was also a tortured soul, but mm-hmm. never really dealt with it. I kind of felt like he um, didn't know how to love. He loved me when I was a little girl and he showed affection and love. But then as I got older and started to have my own ideas and opinions, I think it threatened him because he was so insecure. And um, then he would just kind of take everything out on me. He was chronically ill. Um, He had diabetes and it was completely uncontrolled. And that affected his moods. It affected his temper. He was very controlling, right? And and used fear and anger to as part of his way of 
controlling. Um, yeah. And he would um, withhold like a lot of love and affection. Like if he was upset with you, you he wouldn't like give you hugs, wouldn't look at you, wouldn't talk to you. Um, like when he died, he hadn't spoken to me in seven years. So I had to go and identify him and it killed, you know, it killed me. And because of the manipulative relationship he had with me, I felt like I did something wrong. Right. Because we hadn't spoken in seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Intergenerational trauma. He was a product of multiple generations of trauma. Yeah. And and that's what we kind of, you know, pinpointed that it felt like you were being raised by a man who had kind of only emotionally matured to about 17 or 18. And so he used manipulation. Yes. He used a lot of manipulation, you know, verbally being abusive, mm -hmm. that threat of fear and control, like always having to control, right? Which just shows that level of mm -hmm. immaturity, right? So. Yes. Because he was so physically ill, he, you know, would get violent. Like, I think I remember talking to you about him get not violent to us personally, but, you know, banging tables, like yelling and just, Re just literally having outbursts of rage. Everyone was on edge. Yeah. Having a, 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 especially a father, that's very scary for a little girl. Like it, that's kind of the scariest scenario that there is, right. Mm -hmm. That your own father is having these outbursts, whether it's directed at you or not. As a kid, you think everything's about you. That's just where, you know, how life is, right? <laughs> Must have something to do with me because it's happening right in front of me and it's my dad. And yeah, so scary. That's scary stuff. And like I said, and, and super controlling, you know, manipulative and really... Um, and you weren't allowed to cry. So he's not comfortable in... Uh, what he perceives as being weak, which is being like vulnerable and, and showing emotions, right? Um, I know you also said that he uh, he kind of blamed you for everything, and um, and it was challenging. Yeah, even when my mom and split up, he he blamed like he said I didn't ask her to stay enough. Right. So they did end up getting a, a divorce when you were a teenager. But that story that you told me that when you were about sixteen, and he was like so super controlling of you and he ended up taking your door off of your bedroom <laughs> oh yes oh yeah I mean I'm having oh, yeah. a little you know chuckle now but his tactics of control and manipulation and even humiliation right like he just it's you know let's say he wasn't um creating a a, a home where you felt safe to be you no, no, definitely, yeah. definitely not. You know, I, I can't even begin to explain it, but <laughs> I try now to just take what good he gave me, Yeah, you know, but I worked yeah. through a lot with you, but now about three years out and he's, he's, you know, passed away. And, and it, it does become easier when we know that they're just not here. And so you can find, in a way, you can find a lot of compassion for his suffering and his struggle. And, and, he, and then he had health issues and, and everything. And no, I mean, you knew his own mom. You knew your grandma and what he was going through with all of that. Like, yeah, it's hard. But it, it did 
for you as a little girl growing up with a father like that and feeling that bit of like that monster energy, right? Like that you're scared of him and he's threatening and and all of these things. And so that is deeply, deeply like shattering, you know, and, and traumatic for your tender little growing sensitive soul, right? And and I know you and, and that is you, right? So then you, you know, parents divorce, you set out and you start to make your way in the world. And then the next, you know, those early, let's say early adult years are are somewhat challenging for you, right? You come up against some more really hard things. Yeah. Well, I worked a lot with you on the um, on the rape that happened. That was something that I carried with me for a, you know, probably until I really started working with you. And then, of course, when, you know, I had that and then I had two years later the loss of um, right. my first child. And I was pregnant and almost died myself. So those were two like massive traumas. Yeah. And so this is kind of how God works, the universe works, is we go through these things very early in our life. And again, you would have been very angry about the way you were so mistreated by your dad. And then we set out into the world and we're still holding all that anger, all that fear, all that mistrust of the masculine, of, of, right, of the father. And, and so we've got this idea then, you know, this is what men are like, right? This is what's, this is kind of almost in a way what I deserve and what I'm worth is this mistreatment from men. Like this is what's lurking, right? And a lot of anger all boiled up in all of that. And then, yeah, you have that experience in those, in your early 20, early twenties. Was it at college and when you were raped? Yeah, it was 92, May of 92. So I was 21. Yeah. Not, I was 20. Okay. Always looking for, you know, um, that male affection from someone else. And I I was drugged at a party and didn't remember how I got where I was. And, and yeah. And all along that was this rumbling, not even rumbling. It was like I said, it almost felt like that storm, actually, that dark storm, which like we said, you know, we labeled it like the monster, right? And you even said you had like a fear of dark water. This was like a real, you know, and then the anger that was like, because your whole desire when we started was, I want inner peace. I want peace from this anger, from this darkness, from this monster, from this, I need peace, right? And so through our time together, when we finally came towards the end, and this was like, I think, one of the greatest gifts that you actually gave me as well, right? This deeper insight, like how do we forgive a rapist? But I knew this anger that you were holding on to, and then you were directing it all at the rapist. And it was like, okay, and this is like 20 years later, you're still angry. We got the monster, we got the darkness, all of this, like like I said, like... And then it was like, okay, how on earth? It's one thing to forgive a parent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there is a there's an intrinsic, like innate love that will always be there no matter what. No matter what a parent has done to a child, there's a way because it's the cord is always there of love. But this like random man who took advantage of you, like, fuck you, buddy. Like, no, 
you deserve to go to jail and I'm going to hate you until the end of time. You don't, you know, and so the anger is always there. Um, the pain is always there. The hate, the mistrust of men, like all these things were tied up with this with you. And, and so I knew to bring you to a place of forgiveness. Oh boy, that was going to take some divine intervention. And, and so we went through that process of forgiveness, which still to this day, Lydia, I have to tell you, because of the depths of forgiveness that we had to go through with you to get there and how we got there, I still use that exact process and video with every woman, pardon me, moving forward to take them into any realm of forgiveness that they need to get to. And it was that added layer because of your experience that we got there. And it was, I believe, and so, I mean, actually, I want you to share with me if you remember that and some of the ways, because when you got there and the sky, you know, just cleared and the sun came out, I was like, oh, hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Yeah, I, I actually remember that whole call and like debating and, you know, just so mad, like, because you asked to find, take mercy. That was it. I was so pissed at the choice <laughs> word. Oh, I was so enraged. Like even now talking about it, I'm like getting like, but um, think about it and think about it even after we got off the call. So then of course I, I write. So I started writing and writing and writing and I wrote a whole um, piece about grace and mercy and for this person. And, you know, I had to look at it. I actually, because I don't know, like, He's going to have to answer to somebody else, not me. Like, I believe in God. I believe, mm -hmm. you know, penance for your wrongdoings and things. So, but for me to actually process it and get rid, like, be able to say, okay, maybe, just maybe, like, he, he made a mistake. Like, maybe he's suffering mm. too. Kind of thought about my son who was about the same age and, just a thought, oh my God, what if he ever did something stupid or, you know, kind of got pulled into something stupid. And I wrote the whole thing out and worked my way through it. And, um, there's still, I guess, yeah. just talking about it, like kind of still is it's upsetting. It's probably going to be upsetting for the rest of my Well, it was never, it's never going to be a fun experience. It's not a fun memory. So it's always going to be, but, but like, it's, yeah. Trusting and even trusting husband who loves me beyond all measure for me, like it allowed me to finally say, okay, he's not going to hurt me the way this person hurt me or right. like it was huge for me to finally right. look at it a different way. And to bring in new elements of energy and perspective, which were you know, they all have textures of love in them, like compassion, understanding, pity, mercy, <gasps> just nurturing, mothering love. I remember at one point you even put yourself in like the shoes of his mother. And it was like the, the yeah. way that you took this complete, like holistic view of the whole thing, it, it transformed something like it released something. And then, right. So in other words, forgiveness was given to yourself and him, right? Yeah. And even my, like, that were involved that I was upset with. Like, I mean, it was because I didn't have support during it. Like, it it was a huge thing. Yeah. I had to let it go. 
because I remember you said to me, you can either live angry or you can live happily and at peace. And I remember saying, this anger is my power. This is my power. This is where I, you know, but it wasn't. Yeah. You can either be right and stay angry, which you have a right to do it. You're not wrong. No one's saying you're not wrong. Mm -hmm. Or you can forgive and then find that peace and happiness. So it's your choice. Do you want to hold on to being right and the anger? (laughs) Or do you actually want the peace and happiness? So you just kind of finally came to that fork in the road, right? And you just chose it. And then... I just wanted peace. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But then the ripple effect was like, I mean, it felt anyways, like so much more trust and love then came into your personal relationship with your, even your own husband. Right. So, and then through our work, you know, with what we did around your dad as well, like this is all interconnected, right? On one level, it's very simply your personal relationship with men. It was same, 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 same. I mean, it's a different guy, Mm -hmm. but it's still your relationship to men, to the masculine. And can you trust them? Can you forgive them for hurting you? All the time. I know oh. you're a man hater. I am not the man. Oh, he you're a man hater. say that to you? <gasps> yeah. <gasps> yeah. So that was his way of asking for you to let it go so that he could have more access to your heart and to love. Yeah. Mm. And even, even like that was probably over two years ago, right? I mean, just my whole feelings with him, everything. I mean, and we like were very much in love and happy just to a whole nother level, which was amazing. When someone, when you're hating on someone and holding that anger and hate, it actually comes out to everybody. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we must, we must go to that place of acceptance, right? Yeah. Affected even how I raised my children, how I reacted to my children and how things like, because I was coming from a place of fear and anger in everything. Yeah. And so reclaiming your power because you were a victim, right? You were, that was a a part of your, you know, it's true. You were a victim. Yeah. And then there comes a point though, where to fully empower yourself is actually to just let it all go. And so how do you let it all go, the anger, the this, the that, and and claim your freedom, right, so that you can actually thrive? Yeah, it, you got to forgive someone that mm-hmm. has hurt you or else you're just going to be bitter and angry and, you know, <laughs> somewhat miserable to a certain yeah. extent, right? And this is where the drinking and everything else came in. And so something else that you have moved towards and this year has been you know you've had a profound experience this year and and so when I was looking back through something that we um that you shared with me back then also something that your dad was controlling for you that you wanted to connect with back as a child was uh when you told me that you were devastated as a kid when you wanted to be baptized and your dad wasn't gonna let you 
and didn't let you. So it didn't happen. So he's right there. It's like, no, no, you want to love this thing? And he's saying no. That was a big part of his his thing, right? He, he didn't want you to have certain connections and certain relationships. He just put the, you know, put the iron fist down and like stopped all those times that he wanted you to experience more joy and love. And so that was something that he also was controlling. And do you want to share what you did this year? <laughs> just recently? Sure. Um, this past June, I actually was baptized by immersion at my church. And it was an amazing experience. It was a decision that I did not take lightly at all. I was ready. I think I had told you when my kids were little, I got baptized with them. But this was a whole different level mm. and meaning to yeah. me. Because how many, how long have you been alcohol free now? Almost a thousand days. Uh, It'll be three years. Wow. Years, years, people. Yeah. So that's just, you know, unbelievably awesome. And, and in these past few years, what has really started to now been able to move through you and unfold in your life, right? With opportunity after opportunity, it feels like there's just more and more grace now moving through your life, moving through your existence. And then it brought you to doing what you did this year. It blew my mind that you did that. It just was like, yeah, you just keep leaning in. There were 10 of us that got baptized that day and we all shared our faith stories. And it's just, it was an amazing experience and it was great. And I, I just, I love the church too and the people. So yeah, it has been this incredible, like, I don't know, vehicles, the right word, but path of taking you deeper into your own connection with love. That's what it feels like. Where there was so much, so many times in your life where you weren't feeling it. Just realizing that through everything, God was there with me. And I knew it, I knew it that day when I drove home and that morning when I prayed, I knew he was with me. Like I knew he knew I could not have one more bad thing Uh. happen to me. And I believe he took care of me, watched me, got me home safe so that I could have this journey. Like this was part of my purpose was to have this journey. And I'm going to just make sure that, you know, Everything I do moving forward and everything I've done since that day has been to be a better person and to, to buy my way of mm-hmm. living and choices, hopefully. Yeah, other I know another big piece of your journey, which you mentioned earlier, was having that um, your first pregnancy where you were 19, 21. How, how old were you when you? 23. This is your first pregnancy. You're eight months pregnant right? Mm-hmm. And, and you miscarry. And, and that really, this was post-childhood, post-rape. And I think that just was like, it felt like it really broke your spirit. Yeah, it absolutely did. And so how have you been able to now, or even through the years, like how have, how have you come to a place now? Because that again was such a, a pivotal moment of your life to go through that on top of everything else. And now that, um, experience was, was horrible. And 
traumatic. Um, I was in, I went into seizures. Um, I was rushed to the hospital. I was mm. resuscitated three different times. A baby was de- um, delivered like emergency C-section and flown oh. out to a different hospital. And I uh, just horrific. Um, and I was mm. so mad at God, so mad at God. And that showed me my mortality. And um, I just thought I was being punished. So um, I carried that for 26, 27 years. I know you shared something in a, a message with me around where you are with all of that um, spiritual peace now, right? Oh, he's with yeah. me all the time, Michael, I believe. Michael, and I absolutely believe he is with me all the time. God, I believe now, wasn't punishing me. He was, yeah. again, saving me. Because I could have died too. And I don't know, you know, I may never know why Michael didn't live, but I have to trust that God was getting me ready for my plan, his plan. Right. <laughs> so. it's, it's it's such a deep, to go through something like that. And like I said, even preface with the, the kind of, you know, trauma that you had been through leading up to that. It's, it's such mm-hmm. a deep it's the deepest <laughs> inner journey to connect with mm-hmm. the true source and go into those realms of spiritual connection and trust and love, right? It, it pushes mm-hmm. us to the, the limit kind of thing, right? But then when you get there, right, when you think you're in like the worst, the light just like it comes pouring through once you finally break through that barrier that you've made up in your own mind. <laughs> and and then it becomes shockingly maybe to some people to hear this, but once you've been through it you understand it's like <gasps> that was like the doorway to the love and the massive amount of light that can now hold me and be with me always. It's um it's amazing. I I remember you saying to me that I'm worthy of God's grace too, because it was such a hard thing for me to, to accept that Mm -hmm. I was actually worthy of that. I thought that I was like Mm -hmm. the worst, like didn't deserve that. I changed my perspective on that and fully believed it. That changed everything for me, but it took me a bit. Remember, you kept saying you have to surrender 100%, not 95%. (laughs) Did I? Did I say that? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I'll have to remember that. (laughs) Well, it's true. I have, you know, I got to bring that one back. A 95% surrender actually isn't (laughs) surrender. The magic won't come through until you fully surrender. That's, yeah. And I have this little theory. This is my theory. And I'm, I'm positive in it actually now, uh, even though I just kind of knew it before, but now I like it's 100%. When we go through, the reason that we go through these hard, challenging, heart-wrenching, very painful experiences where let's just say, for example... You get a dad who's 
not exactly nice, right? Um, and, and makes it really hard on you growing up in all the ways. So our ego is shattered. Our self-esteem's in the toilet. We don't trust. We expect men to abuse us and use us and blah, blah, blah. But that whole time, what God is doing by giving you a father like that and the rape and the, the miscarriage and everything, it's like, oh, I'm being directed into the actually the depths of who and what I really am. Because of these experiences, I'm actually being directed into what my love and my light and my power, where it all really is and where it comes from. It's being shown to me. And so now here you are, finally welcoming, allowing, accepting on these really profound levels. And I look now to what the way that creatively what moves through you with your sharing, with your words, um, and now what you literally do to be of service beyond, um, you know, originally your nursing and where that has progressed. And to now please share what you literally do now. Um, I am a hospice nurse. So um, I help uh, families um, and patients uh, transition on their end of life journey and, and take care of them and the families and support during that. The level of love and spiritual connection. Oh, I just, oh my God, I just got covered in goosebumps from head to toe that you have to maintain and hold, right? You are this holding, you are now this source of holding and, and guiding of, like I said, incredible amounts of love, like in ways of compassion, empathy, grace, and to fill to facilitate that that trusting holding to, to spirit, to source, to God, for you to be that facilitator now, I mean, come on, mm -hmm. there's, it's, that's some high level, but you're now able. I feel like had mm -hmm. I not gone on this journey and had I not, um, got mm -hmm. found this connection to God and believe that there's so much mm -hmm. more after this, like, I feel like I wouldn't be able to provide the care that the patients need. Like It'd be impossible. You'd be a, a fake phony. Like, they, it wouldn't even, yeah, it wouldn't work. <laughs> patient's wife, um, I was talking to her about their spirituality, and she said, no, he believes. And I said, I'm so glad. I said, because I, you know, that's, that's beautiful that he believes and that he believes that he's going to another place. And she said, I believe too. And I said, I believe too. And she says, Oh, I know you believe Aww. I can see it on you. <laughs> and I said to her, that's the sweetest compliment anyone's ever given. It is. Cause if you only knew me three years ago when all I was holding was anger <laughs> <laughs> and now you're just a source yeah. of love. Right? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is just like, okay, you. Okay, you. We're ready. We're ready for these questions. Let's bring it. Okay. The beautiful questions. Okay. So, Lydia, please share with us when or where do you experience the greatest sense of freedom? Greatest sense of freedom. 
I think I experienced the greatest sense of freedom um, when I let down all my barriers um, and hmm. can be myself. Like I, I feel like now I do mm -hmm. because I don't have any shame. Right. There was a bit of hiding, right? And now there's a such a relaxed. This is me. Take it or leave it. <laughs> That's really good. It's really good. And mm, okay, how or with whom do you feel the fullest sense of love? I feel the fullest sense of love from my faith and also from my um, immediate mm. family. I feel so loved by all of them. So that they, I feel so loved by them and so blessed and, and grateful that they've loved me at my worst and now oh. they get me at my best. So You're very fortunate, very fortunate, right? That really is the... The testament of, yeah, they've loved me at my worst and they're still loving me at my best. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. I remember asking you, how do I make amends for the things I did? And you said, you don't need to worry about making amends. You said, action. You, you take care of you and they won't need amends. <gasps> and it was so true. Wow. It was so true. Like the love that pours out of my kids for me is is amazing even oh. from boys <laughs> so, oh god so good yeah and in the infinity of life where you are hmm, i always have to say this twice in the infinity of life where you are what do you know for sure lydia what is your sacred truth i am worthy of god's grace wow <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That is my sacred truth. I am enough and I am worthy of God's grace. Not too long ago, you didn't believe that. So I am feeling this right in my gut right now when you say that, like it landed deep. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Do you? Because I'm like, my whole body feels it. So I know it's true. Right. Now, that is a beautiful knowing. That is a beautiful knowing. Mm -hmm. And anyone listening to this, it's your truth as well. Yeah, that's right. We are all worth it. Exactly. And if you don't think it's true, you don't think you're worthy of that love and of that grace, you've just got a little bit of work to do to clear out the the cobwebs, clear out the, the stories mm -hmm. that are lies, just and, and you can absolutely get to that place. Anybody can. Anybody can. If you're willing. If you're willing. And you were so willing. So ready. God didn't call on the perfect people. He called on the one that had to struggle. So. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, Lydia, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Love you. Truly mind-blowing. I mean, you guys, if you knew three years ago, truly the kind of anger and frustration and ugh, turmoil, darkness, 
that this woman was going through, and I know you, you can't even miss it now, the, literally she is radiating peace. It's just profound and so utterly beautiful. I am just so glad to be able to share um, Lydia's sacred truth with you all. And please share any questions you have or if you can relate to this struggle, which I'm sure, you know, millions of women can. This is a, a very common, very common experience for a lot of women to go through these painful events where the masculine has really let you down. And so we're jaded and we're angry and you should be, you have a right to be, but how long do you really want to carry that? Do you want to keep carrying that and pouring it into every area of your life and continuing to perpetuate the problem or do you want to be the solution? And so this is where I'm just so, so proud and so impressed with this woman for just drawing the line and like no more. I'm going to heal my relationship with the masculine and I'm going to love my husband and my boys and my family and love God and I'm going to get over it. I'm going to heal and I'm going to transform this wound so that I can be and bring this incredible gift of love that she now brings that you all can bring. When you heal and transform that masculine wound, it's it's just a gorgeous thing. So Please tell me what you think. Please share this episode with anyone who needs that gift of forgiveness and healing and rising above. So please give the podcast a little follow. Please share it. And if you are on Instagram, I would love for you to, you know, tag me or say hi over there or send me a DM if you need to chat. We'll see you next week. Love you.